When you have an impossible mission, it's time to call a team of professionals. It's time to call in the A-Team. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, starring Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, and Josh Harden. Written by Ivan Atkinson, Marn Davis, and Guy Ritchie, who also directed. So Chris, when you're taking them to dinner, before, uh, are you, before you get inside them, inside them sexually... Yeah, see, that, that doesn't work because it's a two-person quote, but Celebrity Trojan Horse, that's brilliant. It's classic. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're talking Operation Fortune, the latest release from Guy Ritchie, filmmaker, producer, writer, and ex-Madonna husband. Scott, take us away. Like, how long ago has it been since they've been divorced, and that's the tag you're putting on it? Listen, when you get married to Madonna, that's like... That's it. That's like now part of like your cinematic universe, right? Also, when your you cinematic universe. Well, also, also when like your third movie is a stinker that you are forced to direct for your celebrity wife. That is an awful film. Uh, what's it called? Like Castaway or Blown Away or, or Swept Away, Swept Away, or Sunk to the Bottom of the Twenty Thousand Leagues Away or something like that. Uh, yes, yes. Then you get stuck with that moniker. Yeah, now I know why you picked this movie, Chris. Like the whole time watching him, like fucking Chris and his like stupid going back to the '90s directors, like trying to revisit his his childhood. Like, uh, I this... did not pick this movie. This was your your choice. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm gonna push it more towards you. <laughs> I, but <laughs> I do just oh, wait before we get off Madonna. I mean, because so many people have got on her. Um, oh my god. Um. So you're coming off, you do Lockstock, you're coming off Snatch, like you're a fucking hot director. And then your wife is like, you got to fucking do this fucking movie. Like, how did that conversation around the dinner table go? There is no way Guy Ritchie looked at that script and went, yes, baby, that's the next fucking film I want to do while I'm this hot up and coming fucking director. You know what I mean? Like, did like, did she have blackmail? Was it like part of the fucking, you know, marriage vows? Like, you know, to love and to hold to direct me in bad movies like what i i would love to know how that fucking transaction went down well when uh when this it came out what 2002 right what's that so uh, that oh, that's her evita was 96 and she had buzz around that so that could have been like listen this no is, no this is no there is one. there is no way that this was looked at as like holy shit you've got a lot of buzz coming off of another film this is like like this is not a musical. Like... This is not a musical. It's a remake of an Italian film. Like and if if Guy Ritchie go watch a movie with Madonna in it. Unless she's basically playing Madonna and I would say Avita is also basically Madonna, <laughs> just the Argentinian version. Um she's an awful actor. Like she doesn't have range. She's uh super wooden. Like any of her films like unless it's like again, A League of Our Own basically playing Madonna. Uh, desperately seeking Susan, like literally basically playing Madonna. Like when she is not playing Madonna, she is not a good actor because <laughs> it's not acting when you're playing yourself. Unless you're Danny Francesco or Franco or however. How do you say his name in this film? The, Francesco? The, Francesco, yeah. Because him playing the best role he ever played 
was playing himself or with himself, I should say. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this fucking flick. Okay, so yeah. So this was really a paint by numbers movie. Uh, like, yeah, and I would say that there was some numbers missing as well as some paint. Yes, <laughs> like it didn't reinvent the action comedy genre. It didn't really add anything to it. Um, I would say this is, if I had to categorize it, it was just a, you know, a pay and see kind of picture, right? It's one, I'm getting paid to just fucking make this. And hopefully it becomes a franchise. So I get some points on the back end with the sequels and see some actors take on roles they don't normally take on. So, you know, when I, I, I was watching it, I was kind of thinking, thinking the same thing. And the only thing that kind of throws a curveball into that is that he also wrote the script. Like, if this was just like a higher, like, uh, you know, break, you know, Guy Ritchie needs a job, go out, direct this thing, blah, 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 blah. But, like, he produced it, he directed it, and he fucking wrote it. Like, he's one of the producers, he is one of the writers. So it means that, like, he has a certain amount of himself invested in this film and it's got a, it had a 50 million dollar budget and it's only made 35 million at the box office. I know there was like some weird shit with the release. It was originally supposed to come out in like January between January and March of 2022 and then it got delayed and then they didn't really yeah, put like a bunch this... of like marketing back behind it cuz they were like, "Wow, well, we already kind of fucking paid all the like there could be another 50 million dollars sitting on the table just in marketing like so this is a fucking bomb unless it's getting like mad cash from i saw it on amazon is that where you saw it yeah which is now an amazon original so they paid for it they paid for it. um so yeah this film had a distribution problem which caused a marketing problem and then caused a you know a streaming service to take it over and then hopefully everybody will see it later now like we said we here watched it on prime and since it's been released on prime which was i think april 7th it's been the number one movie in Canada for Amazon's top 10 till now. Like, I think even now it's still number one and it's been like four weeks, three weeks. Well, and, and audiences like it's got an 82 percent audience uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes, 52 from the critics, which is not surprising. But I, again, I still have not been able to get a handle on streaming numbers and like what the financials are around that. Yeah, um, like whatever they're paying them to just take it and just add the Amazon logo. But but talking about logos, like it was super fucking weird seeing Miramax come up in front of this movie. Was it not? But it was like Miramax and then a bunch of shit written underneath in it. Like it like, you know, a subsidiary of X Core, blah 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 yeah. blah blah. It's, it's like, just like Miramax. Not Weinstein. I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm surprised it's since this production company has no association with the Harvey Weinstein or any Weinsteins in its future, past or present. You know what I mean? It was like almost felt like there should be a fucking disclaimer there. <laughs> Especially because Miramax is literally named after Miriam and Max the Weinstein's brother's parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't get any closer than the, what they named their next company, Weinstein Corps or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Weinstein I don't company. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was, it'll be that. But yeah, like the reason why this had a distribution problem, uh, I was reading up on it. It was mainly because who the second villains were like not the main villains not the third versions but the second villains because they're a group of ukrainians uh apparently they're like maybe we should put a pause on this with the ukraine russian war and then 
it just yeah yeah that war's not over so they're like fuck it uh that was also really weird too because we do live in the world that we live in i was like oh really ukrainian bad guys i'm like oh that's kind of weird but you're right it's because like films take so fucking long to get made it's like the people who are your bad guy today are your friend tomorrow are the people you're defending the day after that so i don't know just keep everybody like nondescript point rambo three yes 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 (laughs) The, the Mojadeen. So, so, so Rambo was fighting the Americans. No, the Russians. Oh, I, I, I know, but it's like, wait, if he was fighting with the Taliban, well, technically he was fighting with the Mojadeen, not the Taliban, but the Mojadeen then basically helped usher in the Taliban after the fact. But yeah, yeah. So this is why you got to go hardcore Top Gun, the original, where they're not from Russia. They just have a red star. They are just some other country with a red star on their tail and so it doesn't matter if russia's your friend today or not today or whatever we weren't fighting you because it was just the country with the red star that bought those jets from russia clearly because they're migs but also somehow had french exocet anti-ship missiles so whatever country that is the bad country whatever you say wakanda (laughs) it was wakanda but yeah like in terms of the film itself like it's like it's doable for like 90 minutes but but it's not 90 minutes that's the problem it's fucking over it's 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 100 it's 114 minutes it's closer to two hours than it is the 90 minutes okay sure that's important man there's a lot of extra time here where you're just like (laughs) but yeah but it didn't have any of the guy richie tropes that's why i was saying like it's it was like a little like just paint by numbers like i don't know like I didn't delve into it, but I'm gonna assume he was doing this film and his other film that opens in like a week, The Covenant, most likely probably close to the same time, right? He was probably on, you know, he probably wrapped this one and went into pre-production on The Covenant and probably had nothing to do with the post on this one. Well, yeah, no, no, because this was supposed to be done in 2022. Right. So, yes, he would have been in pre-production. But remember, for post, he would have like it would gone into its post process and then he would have been probably jumping back and forth with his editors and stuff like that. He doesn't get a pass because he started working on another fucking project. No, no, no. He may have not had any involvement in post because he chose not to. But that's not because he was working on another project. That's not an excuse you're allowed to use. Yeah. But I'm I'm just saying, like, none of his tropes are on here. There's no quick cuts. There's no split screen and there's no fucking narration of what the plan's going to be while you watch the plan happening while he narrates. Yeah. And there also isn't like a super dope fucking like 60s soundtrack or like he's him like Quentin Tarantino. He's always got like especially his early films have like great soundtracks. Like, yeah, or even the slow mo, like fucking gunplay. Yeah. Was there any slow mo in this? Because that's another one of his things, especially since uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, no, like not. Not that I can remember. And if you ask my wife who watched this with me, we we literally yesterday was just on Prime and it just the um, the cursor just stayed on Operation Fortune where the trailer started playing again. And then she like paused and then she was like, didn't you watch this yesterday? And I was like, yeah. She's like, I can't even fucking remember what this movie is about. And I'm like, that's probably going to be most people. 
That's basically your your wife is uh, basically giving you the synopsis of this whole film, or not the synopsis, yeah. like the breakdown of the whole film. Uh, yeah. Unremarkable, unrememberable. Um, I mean, it does have you know he always likes to throw in like an East, if possible, an East End gangster. Hugh Grant is clearly uh, putting on his best uh, a t- a version of like a Cockney East or West End guy, you know, kind of like the craze. Listen, one thing I would say about this film is that. Guy Ritchie, or sorry, Guy Ritchie, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is a fucking amazing actor. And I think it's because, like you, I grew up in the 90s. I remember Hugh Grant being in, like, rom-coms and stuff like that. And, again, I was a child, so I wasn't putting a big critical lens on those films. But even since we've gone back and covered a couple of those types of films, you realize, A, they're often really well-written. And fucking Hugh Grant is the fucking man. Like, he's a solid fucking actor. Like, he is the only thing in this film that I could 100% say was doing like fucking a perfect fucking job. Like when he was on screen doing his stuff, being the slimy arms dealer guy, I'm like, I could fucking just, I just want to, I would watch a movie with the, with the Hugh Grant character at this point. You know what I mean? Which probably be like, for me, it was Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. What? I think she, every I think once she in a can... while she had a clever line. Like, yes. So even that, that quote you used the like, uh, get inside of them, you know, and then yeah, she... the, which in the trailer is a lot longer than in the actual movie. They actually cut out like the end of her saying the word sexually <laughs> in the no, movie. They, no, they didn't. They didn't cut it out of the movie because that's what I was going to comment on. That joke. No, res- no, they didn't cut it out of the movie just before she finished the word sexually. It was like sex. Oh, then, yes, yes. There and... was there was a couple places where there was like like a bad edit. Like you could tell that like yeah. it wasn't like they just, you know, took too much out. They actually the edit was in the fucking wrongs but like someone bumped the mouse or something like that when they were in post and nobody fucking mm-hmm. caught it it happened in a couple places but that line itself when she delivers it instead of her having to qualify it and be like sexually it was funnier when she just said it there was a couple places too in this film where there was like exposition like you know when he's doing the original break-in when he's going to steal all the stuff and and they're using like an extreme close-up of her on the microphone and that's kind of mm-hmm. like what you're talking about the whole like Guy Ritchie explaining the plan, blah, 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 blah. But it didn't really work there. It just felt like kind of baby fed, like, and now you're going to do this. Like, and like, why was he watching? What the fuck was it that he sat down, sat down to watch? It wasn't singing in the rain. Butch Cassidy, right? Butch Cassidy. What the fuck was going on there? Like, I, there was so well, much. Well, that's of the- a nod to Guy Ritchie himself. Like, when he was a kid and he watched that movie, that was the movie that made him be like, fuck, I want to be a filmmaker. Okay, so you know how you do that without just making your film weird and boring? Is you have it on the TV, and as the camera keeps moving back and forth, as Jason Statham's character is like, you know, robbing the place, you're picking that up. It's a nod. It's not supposed to be like, grab your hand and fucking shake you all around. Like, there was, even even if you want to have him sit on the bed for a moment, like, he did it multiple times and just got caught up in the movie. It, there was just these, like, start and stops in this film. Like, the, not only was there not enough, like, quick editing um, aesthetically, like, it was just, like, lulled out. Like, the editing needed to be tighter to go from scene to scene to scene even. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's... Um... Like, and that's the thing, like, with me, it's, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the film or even put it as good, right? Like, to me, a lot of the stuff kind of threw me out. Like, some some of the joke gags worked, like, when, um, you know, when the, uh, 
who's the lawyer? Was he the like who is the guy at the top of the building? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that the financial guy, the business guy, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That you know when um, that's not him, or that's not Bill, and then it's like uh, yeah, oh, and that's then all of a sudden like boom, <laughs> right? Like that little joke was was funny kind of thing but also you you look at it and you're like so his whole plan the whole like literal thing you see because they did the i'm guessing it was a drone shot because you're above everything around that place was glass so how did he go around the building to run behind jason statham without jason Statham seeing him when he was literally walking up that whole like run scene that like led up to that kind of ending was a fucking waste of time. And again, they they keep cutting back between like a drone shot and, and like I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like, you know, a Jason Bourne running through the fucking alley type of thing, but it's not tight enough and it's not dynamic. And it and Jason Statham half the time feels like he's more like jogging. Like he's not mm. there's no intensity, right? It's like, "Oh, I'm just going to right, mate. I'm just going to catch up to this guy. I'm going to okay, throw him go off the building." Like And the, and then yeah, you'd have the intensity like, "Oh, you got to you got to go quicker or I'm going to lose the signal." Be like, if you're attached, like, how far did that guy go on that Vespa that he had to randomly just fall off the fucking Vespa? To so that he could so catch up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then there's jokes that, like, again, back to, I get that there's a bunch of, like, nods in here that just didn't work. So, like, uh, Bugsy Malone, the whole dogs thing. I like dogs. Yeah, that's from fucking Snatch. And it was stupid. Every time I heard the thing about dogs and it was being said in that manner, I'm like, oh, come on. Again guy you're supposed to make a nod to your own films or a nod to who you are you're not supposed to grab people by their fucking head and fucking swing them around be like do you get the reference do you get the reference do you get the fucking reference well you know what i mean no can you can you give me another reference what do you mean okay you didn't get the joke because you're like you're not supposed to hold the people hand and not get and then you're like did you get it and i'm like no and then you're supposed to like knock my head with other references uh, i thought you were gonna do like yeah. a brad pitt like cogni and snatch <laughs> be like okay and then they have this one guy <laughs> so on it all honestly like i i was i i if i didn't have to watch this for the the podcast i i wouldn't have watched it and i wouldn't have stayed watching it like if i had put this on and been like, oh, this looks cool. I like Guy Ritchie. Luckily, Guy Ritchie has let me down enough in the last like couple films that I don't have a lot of expectations with him anymore. Um, but if this had been like the first one that came off of like um, when he had that like really solid run of films, but I mean, he's he's had his ups and downs. I mean, his 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 best films, in my opinion, are actually what is what is it your what is your favorite Guy Ritchie film? I still like I love Lockstock snatch yeah like lock stock snatch but even which one of those I is really, better i i personally like lock stock more than snatch but even the one he did uh the man from uncle i thought was fucking really good too holy fuck that movie was boring that really? that, mo- that movie was just like this it that just was like... the first like hugh grant like suave kind yeah yeah of, yeah like... and you know what aesthetically it looked great i mean it's it's the 60s it's got all the beautiful cars it's got the beautiful it outfits has the army stuff. hammer problem now but well, still <laughs> i i mean i i was excited for a man from uncle i'm like oh this is gonna be really well done and it's guy Ritchie, and he's, he's the perfect director for this and then i again it's another one i think i got a halfway through it and i was like and done we're not gonna fucking watch any more of that film um where, are you a big fan of uh, of the Aladdin remake that he did? It's so weird when I was like reading through, I forgot that he had done the last. It's like gangster, 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 wife's movie, Aladdin. You're like, what? 
<laughs> well, you forgot Sherlock Holmes in between. That. No, no, no. I wasn't doing them in order, but it was just sort of like when you look at his filmography, it's like all this like British gangster stuff. Like Rock and Roll is a fucking sick film, man. That yes, is that's I, another I fucking like that amazing one. film. Yeah, Aladdin was okay until it went to like Slumdog Millionaire at the end, and they had to throw in like the Bollywood dance. I'm like, I don't understand why you gotta end it on a Bollywood dance. Okay, I, I, yeah, because there's not a whole lot. Like, I'm pretty sure like Arabia <laughs> and India are two kind of separate types of culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, but even so, they could have done like RRR and they could have had that dance in the middle of the fucking movie. Like that could have been like, you know, when Prince Ali shows up, right? All of Ooh. a sudden, boom, that's how he wins it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like when he first comes in on the elephants and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? When it comes to the end, I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. So, but I think he's doing Aladdin 2, too. So Aladdin 2? Like the, a second Aladdin? Yeah. Get that Disney money, right? Guy. Oh, you have to. Right. But he does have one that looks interesting, too, um, that they haven't really released much except for like black and white little fo photos. But that one, I think, comes out next year. And that's the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare with um, Henry Cavill. OK. And, you know, he has this new one, The Covenant, which just looks like it's Lone Survivor, but reversed so yeah you know. i'm not uh, i'm not super excited for that one either when i saw the trail again they, they i saw a very long trailer of it and by the middle part of the trailer i was like i'm kind of bored <laughs> like <laughs> you're right it looks like like a like a knockoff reverse lone survivor again i'm pretty sure it's based on a true story or whatever and it's got jake gyllenhaal and blah blah blah, blah but i don't know i'm not super excited um so my quote this week is from johnny alinsky from the new york post uh, a generic col uh, collage of mega yachts, luxe hotels, fancy parties, disguised identities, and team fights that adds up to a big nothing. And that's kind of what Operation Fortune was. Uh, if you've got Amazon, check it out. That's Listen, and actually, I'm not actually giving this film a fucking recommendation. <laughs> if you have it and you want to check it out, go do so. Feel free to like, let us know what you think. Uh, but there's other than watch, actually watching Hugh Grant in this is fucking great. I love watching Hugh Grant. The, the very end, like when you've got Josh Hartnett playing Hugh Grant in the movie version of what just happened. That was like one of my favorite parts of this film. Um, and the right near the end, some of the action sequencing does pick up. Uh, so maybe just, I don't know, fast forward through half of the film. Is that good? No, like, I mean, uh, I don't think it would wreck anything. I no, I don't think it would. I don't know. But even still, um, when that ending that you're talking about with Josh Harnett, is that him doing the actual accent? Or do you think it's just Hugh, them dubbing Hugh Grant over? Oh, that's a good question. Because I don't know how good Josh Hartnett is at doing accents. And so this, actually on, on this whole topic of like kind of spoofy and farce actually i'm gonna create a topic right now i think one of the problems with this film is it doesn't it doesn't know what it's trying to do like are you going to be a serious like spy film which it's obviously not it's not it's definitely not trying to do that but it's not funny enough to be farce like uh what was the one with roland atkinson where he was like the james bond character um, oh johnny dangerous johnny, yeah or, whatever. So, or, or johnny england johnny english like yes so you gotta kind of pick a fucking lane be or is it an action film? Like, what what is it you're trying to view? You can be a small mix of these, but it never does any of those things correctly. So you're kind of like, oh, it's action. Film. Oh, no, it's kind of a weird comedy. Oh, but it's not really funny enough, but it's not serious. So 
you got to fucking pick a lane. Pick a lane and, um, and, and do one thing well instead of three things poorly. Uh, do you think, no. like, you could tell that they're trying to definitely set this up to be a franchise if possible. Do you think, I mean, with these budget numbers, but with it being top of Amazon and them needing content, do you think they might throw another, I don't know, $30 million on the table to make another one with maybe a smaller star-studded cast or maybe go the other way, $60 million and have more? Like, do you, do you think well, you'll see I another Well, I think it version? all depends, right? Like, I think... In terms of streaming and the streaming um, Wars. platforms, like what are the franchises they have, right? Like Netflix is doing the Chris um, Hemsworth one, the extraction. Yep. So that one they're working on to, to becoming. Um, and does Disney have one right now other than every Star Wars fucking series that's possibly imaginable? Well, that's the thing. I think with Disney, I don't think in reality Disney really needs one. And does Apple have one? I mean, they just, I think The Servant is done now. Well, that's a TV show. I'm just talking movie wise, oh, right? Movie-wise, Apple. Okay. Yeah. Apple. Um, I don't know. I watched recently the, well, I watched back to back this one and then I watched the ghosted one with Chris Evans. And uh, yeah, Anna I heard Dynamis. that is a fucking awful movie as well. <laughs> But that one's, it's similar. It's its an action comedy, right? But there's way more laughs, I would say, in Ghosted than this one. But also, you can tell that they, like, there's so many fucking cameos that you were not expecting in the Ghosted one, right? That you, it kind of makes it funnier, too, because you're not expecting these people to show up. Um, But, yeah, even prime i can't think of one and i think that's what they need like i think the first big one that netflix tried was what was the one with will smith and he's like uh, with orcs it was like oh Boys in the Hood, yeah, but, yeah, oh, yeah 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 right was it bright, bright or something or... like that yeah i never i never yeah, watched that that was the first one that they tried that was their big budget summer blockbuster but you can watch it at home and you know they they haven't done a sequel to that yet i don't know if that's more numbers wise or you know chris rock's fault i don't know yeah because it'll be interesting to see like what the break even point is for like okay we need content but obviously we like want to spend the least amount of money so like what like how long does a film need to be in your number one how many streams does it need to do like can because i'm sure they've got metrics that say like x number Mm -hmm. of streams equals production budget right like anything streams over this amount Per, uh, per dollar of production budget is a win. Anything below is a loss, right? Or And by production, I mean, like, whatever they pay out. Like, you know, you produce it, they go out, mm-hmm. and they, they buy the rights to it and make it a, a Netflix uh, original or whatever they call it in Netflix. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, it'll... I was going to say, I think it's called the Netflix original. Yeah, it is. Well, just because <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. I'm like, do they have a funny, weird name for it? So, uh, yeah, like I said, I got I got nothing else to say on this. Do you? Uh no, but did you answer what yours your Guy Ritchie movie was it Rock and Roll? So those are my top three. Uh, I mean, after that, I mean, I I think that Sherlock Holmes is good, but it's Sherlock Holmes. Like, it's not an original piece of work the way um, the other three are, which I think is you know the, a, per, a perfect example of like a, the Guy Ritchie style. Uh, I would say that like I don't really have a favorite because it depends on the kind of mood I'm in. I used to say mm-hmm. that Snatch was basically like lock stock and two smoking barrels but for an american audience 
Like Lockstock. Was that because like... Angelina Jolie's ex-husband was in it? <laughs> if we're just attaching people to their exes, right? Is that why? <laughs> yes, yes, because Angelina Jolie's ex-husband was in it. Uh, I mean, Rock uh, Lockstock has fucking Sting in it. It's got like a great Motley cast. I mean, it gave us Jason Statham and a whole bunch of other actors. Um, Vinnie Jones, man. That, uh, that's Vinnie the Jones, movie that yes, I remember yes, yes. Vinnie Jones from. But right? even um, uh, I don't know. I can't remember the actor's name. But he was in um, do 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 Greyhound. Like he plays like Tommy Tommy Gun in uh, and he's like oh he's, you know he says that Tommy was named after a machine gun. I know he's named after a 16th century ballet dancer or whatever, right? Like that actor had a career based basically. He played Al Capone. He played all kinds of other characters. Um, like Guy Ritchie started the careers of a lot of people with those films. Uh, and it's nice that he's still working with them. Like he works with Jason Statham a lot. He did wrath of man with him. Uh, obviously he's done a ton of other stuff with him as well. So yeah, that's it, man. That's all I got. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the, www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com This could be why Operation Fortune doesn't have the normal tropes, right? Like, sometimes you just want to do something different, like, get away from what you're known from and kind of make something new, right? But You're right, and I mean, listen, if Guy Ritchie used to be known for making really cool British crime films, he's definitely done a good job of getting away from making good, cool films. Yeah, he's he's done a great job. Just did sing himself. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.